Welcome, dance lovers, to Ask a Dancer with Stacey Morgan. Hello and welcome to episode one of Ask a Dancer, where we interview industry professionals across a wide range of performing arts genres in hope of inspiring the next generation of young dancers. My name is Stacey Morgan. I'm Principal of Warhope and Port Macquarie Performing Arts, a small dance school on the mid-north coast of New South Wales in Australia. But most importantly, you are a young dancer looking to be inspired by industry professionals. We hope that throughout this journey, you become interactive with us. If you've got a star that you'd love us to interview, or perhaps a question you'd like us to ask, tweet us at at DanceQ&A with the hashtag AskADancer. Our guest today is Australian Performing Arts Royalty. Well known as Australia's Queen of Dance, Miss Kelly Abbey, whose career has spanned across every performing arts genre. I was lucky to catch Kelly during a brief hour off in her very busy schedule. She's currently working on Miracle City, a musical for the Hayes Theatre happening later on in the year, and also working as resident director on Strictly Ballroom. As someone who has inspired me throughout my life, I knew that Kelly would be the perfect first guest for episode one of Ask a Dancer. Enjoy. Okay, let's go. Today's guest is the ever-inspiring Kelly Abbey. Kelly, welcome to Ask a Dancer. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. We're running Ask a Dancer for young students, for people who want to get into the dance industry, who are perhaps dancing now, training now, working hard and want to get out there and into it. You've had such an amazing career covering so many different genres and different areas of the business. Yeah. I was wondering where you started and what your journey has been from the very beginning in the studio to where you are now. Wow, it's been... (laughs) Mine's been such a varied and kind of unusual journey, I think. I mean, I started, to, I learned to dance when I started when I was four. I learned in a very humble suburb um, in Brisbane and um, I kind of learned all facets of dance, all ballet, tap and jazz. And um, then I actually got into what was like a ballet company and it was the Australian Youth Ballet Company at the time, which was the youth sub-company of the Aussie Ballet. So... Um, from 12 to 17, I spent five years as a principal in the ballet company, so I was a real ballerina. Wow. And I actually was touring to London and Scotland with that, um, that company. So I, I started my performance kind of life really, really quite early, and then I thought I was going to be a ballet dancer, and um, and then I continued to blossom and grow physically, and though I really wasn't the right kind of body type to be to pursue it further. So because I'd studied in the other facets of dance, I, I thought, oh, well, you know, I, I love that just as much, so I'm going to keep pursuing that. And then I made the move to Sydney when I was 17 where I didn't know anybody. And I um, I just, yeah, I can't believe I even did it now. I just packed my bags and went to Sydney to pursue dancing in the kind of commercial kind of industry and, um, and musical theatre. So I... When I came, it was it was really really tough. I didn't work for the first year I was in Sydney. I didn't know anyone. There weren't any agencies as such. I just did as many classes as I could do to be seen by the working choreographers at the time, and that kind of took a year for someone to kind of go down within the the circle of people that were working because there were no agencies. Choreographers booked people directly over the phone, and. Uh, you know, so I had to kind of wait for someone to go down in that clique of dancers before I got invited in. So that took a long time to happen. So that was probably my toughest time where I had to really, really believe in myself and continue to push myself and um, 
And then once I started, I started working as a commercial dancer and I I pretty much was, a, well, I was quite in demand as a commercial dancer and I was very, very busy in handling lots of, lots of commercial kind of work. And musical theatre was the elusive thing to me. I kept auditioning for shows and I never never got the shows. And now that I, audition, I take auditions all the time, I, I know exactly, you know, why I didn't and not every show is for everybody. So um, eventually I got my first show. It was David Atkins' first musical, uh, musical called Dancing Man. That was and the very first show I ever saw. Was it really? Yes, yeah. That that was my turning point. That was my wow. People right. do this for a living show. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. That was, yeah, that was my first show, and I felt like I got that vibe by default because I was working for David as a commercial dancer, and he just put his commercial dance group into a, into his own musical. So I kind of <laughs> felt like that was a bit. I was a bit, you know, a bit of a cheat, but um. But that, yeah, that was my first show. I toured with that, and then um, a soap um, opera called E Street was um, saw me in that show, and the night stage door for me to ring the next day to do a screen test. And I'd never really acted before; I'd never opened my mouth. And then I went to the screen test, and because I didn't know much about it, I was quite fearless, and um, and I got the job. And then I spent two years on a TV show where I didn't dance, and I was an actress, and. That was kind of my acting school, I guess. Wow. Um, and I had some injuries at the time, so they, it gave me a chance to heal um, properly. And I was trying to think. After East Street, I I went and did um, I went and did West Side Story, the musical. Yeah. And after West Side, I had you know I've always I've always been a teacher amongst all the jobs I've always taught and I've always. Um, kind of choreographed as well like during the East Street time I started doing a lot of music video I uh, worked with a band called Girlfriend at the time and lots of pop acts for Sony mm-hmm. so I was I've kind of always juggled lots of balls at once and I think that's why I've been a constantly working person in the industry I don't think you can afford to specialise at one thing in, in our climate here yeah. and I think the more you do the more the more that overlap and then the more constantly, you know, employable you can be. That's a, that's a big message I send to everyone. Don't, you know, don't just think, well, I just love hip-hop and I'm only going to do hip-hop because you'll only work so much a year because there's only so much hip-hop you can do in yeah. this country. So um, you kind of have to do everything. After, after West Side Story, I was choreographing a lot for television and music video and then the show came up called Sweet Charity that I... I said I wasn't auditioning for um, because I didn't want to go on tour again and I wanted to focus on choreography at home in Sydney and I didn't audition and then my friend, one of my friends got the job as the choreographer and he said, well, can you come and help me take the dance audition? I went, yeah, no problem. So I went in and helped take the dance audition and the panel watched me the whole time and then I heard everyone sing and then... As you do when you hear everyone sing all day, I went to the toilet and I started singing in the toilet and they heard me sing in the toilet. <laughs> and then they dragged me out and said, you, you need to read this scene. And I went, I'm not auditioning. And so I kind of had a bit of a fight with them and then they made me read the scene and I did the scene. And then I thought, oh God, I think they are looking at me for one of the best friend roles. And I had the mentality that I was just an ensemble player. Um, and uh, lo and behold, I got the lead role. So that was my first lead role. Charity and Sweet Charity. Amazing. And, how, and um, was that, yeah, that was, was that feeling of going from not doing it all to, oh my gosh, 
I'm not only doing it, but I'm doing the lead role. Was that nerve-wracking at all, or did you just go, yes, oh, it, here we go? I, no, I was, com- I was completely petrified because I'd, I'd never really been a solo singer. So I got the role, and then I went and had singing lessons. Uh, that's why my career's been a bit... Everything's been a course of accidents for me. Um, I never really went to a full-time performing arts school and studied to do all these things, you know, at an institution and then it, it developed into work. I've kind of learnt as I've gone along and I think that's been, you know, an amazing part of my, yeah, my career. So, yeah, Charity was an, inc- is, was an absolute incredible experience for me, one of the hardest things I've ever, ever done in my entire life. Physically, it was like... Um, it was like a marathon to get through. Yeah. I had a dozen oxygen tanks on stage for me to get through the show wow. if I wanted, if I needed to use it. Um, yeah, it was just physically really, really demanding and but incredibly satisfying. And after charity, I think I did. I can't remember all the things I've done to be honest. I think I went. I went to. Oh no, I went into Greece. It was the first Greece Arena spectacular, mm-hmm. and. Um, I finished charity. I didn't want to take on any more kind of big responsibility. So I went and um, assisted the director and assisted the choreographer on Greece. And then Danny Minogue was playing Rizzo and my job was to personally coach her into the role. And then she was projectile vomiting on opening night in Brisbane and they all, producers all turned to me and said, you're going on. And I, yeah, I had learnt the role in two hours and went on. Wow. thing. So, and then I ended up, she left, I ended up playing Rizzo in, in the Grace Arena Spectacular, which you know, was all a course of accident. <laughs> and, then, and then I think after Grace, I, I, I choreographed the musical Fame back in, this was 1999. So um, it was the first musical I ever choreographed and, um, and I played the leading girl as well, um, which is kind of crazy. But... Um, yeah, I kind of created the show and I was a chair and then I learnt my role in the tech week and then went on to do, to do the run. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then I've done fame and I've put fame into all throughout Asia. I've put fame into South Africa. Fame's been this weird boomerang for me that keeps coming back and mm. then I did a reboot of it just in um, 2010 where I got I directed and choreographed a new version of it, which was, which was great. But it seems like, yeah, I've... I, Sometimes my phone rings and I go, oh, God, this could be fame again. Like, <laughs> it, just, it just keeps coming back at me. Thank I can't escape it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I've, I've directed and staged lots of concerts with, um, like, I uh, did a staging director on a thing called The Main Event, which was um, John Farnham and Olivia Newton John and Anthony Wallow doing um, a, an arena tour together, which I helped put together. and. I've been really fortunate. I've worked with some incredible people, and um, after actually, probably after um, the arena shows, I actually choreographed Greece again. They brought another one, another Greece arena back, and I choreographed that one. And that was while I was being a penguin. So I was <laughs> tap I was dancing doing, your days away. Yeah, I worked on Happy Feet for four years full time. So I was wow, like, four years full time. That's that's intense yeah. for for what yeah. we see as an hour and a half movie. That's yeah, it's four years of my life. So I choreographed the film. I um, ran Penguin School because it was all motion capture. Yeah. Um, and I taught people how to be penguins, and then put those penguins into dance rehearsal and into drama rehearsal. Um, 
because every bit of movement in the film is a and every penguin is a human being's performance. Wow! With the the animation is just the surfacing, not the motion. Yeah. So, um, and then I play dramatically about six of the lead characters in the film, and then I was also the the dance editor on the film, so I edited um, all, the, all the dance scenes and put those together. That's huge. George. Yeah, so it was a, it, I had many jobs, and I it was it's a long time to be a penguin, put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never want to see a penguin ever again. No. <laughs> and um, I think while I was doing that, I had a I think I had a seven week break, and then I went and choreographed um, uh, Hugh Jackman's um, Boy from Oz in yep. the arena. Yeah. Which I which was great fun and just a fabulous show to work on and. Um, yeah, I've and then I've, I've done a couple of other films since then. Um, I'm trying to remember, I did a thing called Goddess a couple of years ago, which was an Australian musical, and um, uh, also a, a, a thriller film, which was a true story about a, a dancer that was murdered in Melbourne in the nineties. And um, I choreographed that and played a little role in that as well. Um, Amazing. Kelly, I feel like saying, and thank you, that's all we have time for. <laughs> it's very, I've, that's what I mean, I've been very, very lucky, but I've always been really open to, you know, taking anything on, whether I'm helping someone or playing, you know, the lead in this or not, or do you know what I mean? I've just always been open to every experience and yeah. they always seem to take me in these bigger directions and I have not. I have no idea about it. I just, you know, I just kind of, I'm not someone who said, I'm going to set out to do this or I'm going to be a star or I'm going to be, I haven't ever really been like that. I've just really, really enjoyed the process of what I do and the fact that I get paid to do what I love is insane and I feel really lucky. I feel really, really lucky. But, you know, also work really hard and you've got to have a, a hunger for your creativity, otherwise you don't you don't kind of realise, I guess, your fullest potential. Absolutely. If it's a takeaway from your career, it's perseverance. Yeah. Um, and passion, which you clearly have for, for each of the different jobs, even just hearing you speak about them now in the past, the passion that you have in your voice for, for each of those different tasks. And they are so different from acting on a TV show to being a penguin for four years. I mean, there's and everything in between. That's just amazing. Yeah, yeah. So also you said a lot about um, studying everything and not kind of pigeonholing yourself in one style or genre. For yeah. young dancers that are listening, um, how important is it for them to be studying different styles of dance? Oh, it is so incredibly important. I mean, for me, even when I take an audition and I look at dancers, I, I want dancers who, if I'm going to do a painting, I don't want... Um, I just I don't want to hire just green. I want to hire a paint that can actually, in different light, be different colours. Do you know what I mean? I I I like someone who can do classical ballet as well as hip hop, as well as Argentine tango, as well as. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They are they are more useful to me in my in the painting that I'm going to make. And and it, even my own choreography. I guess people put me under the jazz umbrella, but. Um, I think jazz is a funny term. It doesn't really say what it is. But for me, I I have a fusion of a whole lot of different styles. I will flip from South African gumboot to hip-hop to, to Latin all within two bars. Yeah. And um, I want people who, who can do that 
who are able to do that and have a, a really great grasp and understanding of what of what that is. And I feel like there's a lot of students out there that that don't really know all the, all the dances and styles of all the eras or. Um, you know, so often I've got to do this and this has got to be 40s and then I've got a whole lot of dancers who have no idea how to dance 40s mm. and don't know the style. I mean, I think there's something really delicious about really investigating and exploring what we do and where it comes from and, and all the styles are and how society and community has influenced what dance is and, and popular culture and how it keeps morphing and changing like music and fashion does and what's going on with music and fashion that kind of affects what, what dance is in vogue at the moment. And, Absolutely. Um, people tend to focus on that and nothing else, but you know that will be out of fashion you know, shortly and you'll you'll have to be hired to do a job where you've, where you've got to have absolute incredible classical technique. I remember when West Side Story auditions came along and all the boys who got to do, you know, triple turns to their knees and jumps and... Uh, there was a whole series of boys at the time who who had been focusing on probably probably you know a hip hop style that lacked the classical technique to do that show. Who were dying to do that show? Yeah. Um, but you can just pull the stuff out of your pocket if you haven't been continuously training in it. So I'm also a big one about keep going to class. Don't think you've learnt it all, and yep. and don't just be an in demand dancer working and and forget to go to class again. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important to keep growing because if you don't grow, then just I feel like your journey's over a bit. Yeah, and we're in a we're lucky that this generation of dancers growing up have the access to to everything oh and everything God, that, from the past. Uh, and they can see everything on YouTube. It yeah. kills me. Yeah, actually, I would sit up with you know the VHS and that you got you know, from the library. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> unbelievable. Like what what. What is at their fingertips and what they can study and know and learn. So some people learn dancing via YouTube. You know, it's it's that's you can do crazy. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of learning and uh, and teaching, when you were growing up, who were some of the teachers that inspired you? Um, I definitely my own dance teacher Sandra Green. Um, she and she's I think she has a lot of examining and adjudicating now. Um, she was an incredible teacher and she had an incredible jazz style at the time and. Um, I learnt a lot from her and I learnt without mirrors which was I thought a really fantastic thing in hindsight because yeah. um, there's a whole lot of dancers that came from my school that had successful dance careers and we're all completely different we don't dance anything alike and I think it's because we looked at the teacher and we interpreted what we saw yeah. with, with how we felt it rather than what it looked like mm. in the mirror and so I I developed a great understanding of, of what movement felt like. Yeah. And um, I think that's something that's influenced me and my work and what I do. And I often, I mean, mirrors are great for cleaning and whatnot, but I often will teach um, my choreography without mirrors. Yeah. So people can feel it first and then I'll turn it to a mirror and clean it. And yeah, um, yeah mirrors can be a strange thing. <laughs> and some dancers can completely fall apart when you turn to face away from the mirror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you become dependent. But they also make you out, put you outside of your body while you're dancing. Mm. You're not really dancing if you're studying yourself in the mirror. Yeah. 
as a yeah. teacher if I had a dollar for every time I say, stop looking at yourself, look at your arms. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of teachers and, and, and learning and uh, going through that process, for students who are training a lot, who are trying to juggle that with schoolwork, finding the balance between getting their academic studies and their dance studies done, do you have any hints or tips for those students going through those difficult times of trying to make everything work? Um, just staying in the moment with all of them. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, th- I think, you know, I was had my dancing school, my dance exams, my, you know, a Stedford's um, and the ballet company where I was touring and, and doing my HSC at the same time. Yep. I remember that being overwhelming and me getting really up, <laughs> really upset at, at, the, at being able to get through it all. And I just, I just really learnt to, to stay in the moment with each thing. And not not projecting about how much I've got to do or what I've got to do, and just staying in the moment. I think really that the skill of what I learnt in my high school years while I was juggling all those things is actually is how to juggle many things at once, which yeah. I continuously do um, all the time in my career. Set you so, up, set you up very well. Yeah, it, it it completely prepared me for what was ahead. So I just go, yeah, I'm just staying in the moment with it which is a hard thing to do but it's kind of practice makes perfect the best way. Yeah. yeah and while we're talking about advice you do a lot yeah. of auditions now but you're now sitting on the other side of the table and seeing a lot of um, students auditioning what advice do you have for young auditionees that walk into an, an audition room um that the the panel really wants you to do well the panel aren't the enemy yep. the panel so the panel true. The panel want to cast the job or cast it, so they want you to be amazing. And um, you know, all you can do is go in there and do your best and be yourself, and uh, use them as exercises to understand how you react and respond in auditions and how to handle nerves. Um, you know, I think we're really lousy at auditioning in this country because we don't get to do them very often. Mm. Especially with musicals, I think you know we audition for two, three, maybe four yeah. in a year, yeah. and in Broadway you'd be going and doing eight auditions a week probably. Yeah. So it's we're just not very good at them, and I just know even from doing them and being on the other side, you just see so many people fall apart, and it's just about learning how to handle your nerves, and you know, like there's there's a way, there's ways of doing that, and exercises and techniques and something that I'll probably talk about in the lecture. But, um, uh, yeah, I think it's just interesting. They're they're never comfortable things for anybody. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how much you've done. Um, They're always a hard thing where you put yourself on the line to be judged, you know. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of nerves, was there anyone that you worked with, um, because you've worked with so many amazing people, that you either were performing in front of and you kind of stepped out on stage and went, oh, my gosh, they're in the audience, or that you stepped into the studio, someone that you were working with that you went, here we go. Who comes to mind as those people that really got the butterflies going in your tummy? Um, well, I'm the associate director on Strictly Ballroom at the moment, and um, uh, working, walking into the room with Baz Lorman for the first time to help him was... Um, I was, just, you know, I was quite um, overwhelmed. <laughs> wow. But I bet that, uh, that wasn't a role that you had to audition for. Did he call you personally or...? Uh, yeah, I sat through a series of interviews and, yeah, you always do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, um, but, uh, yeah, he's, 
he's quite an impressive man and he's yeah. done a lot of things and um yeah but actually I think I there's always a uh, a nervy feeling on a first day of every job that you do I think just on how it's going to go and how you get, get along with the people and um you know lots of creative souls are very um sensitive and and sometimes it's the egos and <laughs> so you know it's always the first day of everything is a little bit scary yeah for sure yeah yeah. Um, looking forward to the future, who are the dancers or choreographers that you feel in this country? Um, who are the people to watch? Who are the movers and shakers? Um, one of my dancers who has done many jobs for me is a, is a boy named Stephen Tanos, who um, has kind of hit the choreographic ground in the last couple of years, and he did some work on Satan so Kid Dance this last series, and um, uh his his contemporary style is incredibly um, unique, yeah. and uh, and he's doing some some great work. And um, I love Sarah Bolter. I think she's wonderful. She's a really great contemporary choreographer as well. Yeah. And um, I'm really great friends with Jason Gilkerson, and what he's done to ballroom dancing has been incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, they're the people that really jump to mind the most. Yeah. Wonderful. To wrap up, I've got our top five. I'm going to throw five questions at you, not all dance related, but just answer with the first thing that comes to your mind and we'll see how we go. Yep. Alrighty. What's always in your bag that you take to the rehearsal room? My notebook. (laughs) What's the top don't for somebody going into an audition? The top don't? Uh... I think sometimes to ask too many questions or talk too much or um, not be prepared. That's the worst one. Mm. What's your favourite colour? Uh, blue. How do you spoil yourself? How do I, sorry? How do you spoil yourself? When you How get, do I spoil myself? Yeah, when you get a day off or when you've done something that you go, oh, cheers to me. What What do you do to spoil yourself? Uh, I think, you know, everything from walking in the park or in nature to getting a massage to uh, sitting in my favourite coffee shop with friends that they're all things that I love to do on my day off when I get one. (laughs) And our last uh, question is, what's Hugh Jackman really like? He's a beautiful human being and um, one of the hardest working people in showbiz that I know. He works incredibly hard and is incredibly disciplined and incredibly committed I'm not surprised by his success and he's also, his career hasn't changed him whatsoever. I knew him before he became, you know, Hugh Jackman, the Hollywood machine and he's exactly the same. So, um, yeah, I had a great time working with him and we're really good friends and, yeah, he's he's just as lovely as he seems. Wow. <laughs> Well, you talk about Hugh Jackman as being one of the hardest working people in showbiz, but Kelly, I'm going to take my hat off to you because you are definitely right up there as well. Thank you so much for joining us on Ask a Dancer. That's okay. Thank you. Got a question for one of our dance stars? Tweet your question to at dance Q&A with the hashtag Ask a Dancer. As we head into the second half of the year, many young dancers will find themselves preparing for their examinations, whether their exams be in ballet, jazz, tap, national character or contemporary, examinations are an important rite of passage for young dancers. From someone who's both sat examinations and also been on the other side of the table examining, here's my hints and tips to get the most out of your examinations this year. Be prepared. This sounds easy, but I'm not just talking about on the day. 
The preparation for examination starts a long time before you actually wake up on the morning of your exam. Being prepared mentally, knowing your work, knowing where the exercises start, where you're required to be, what number you're going to be, the name of your examiner, these are all things that are important in setting yourself up to be very prepared for your examination. And then on the day, do you have both shoes? Do you have all of the things you'll need to get your hair done correctly? Do you need a hand towel to take with you a bottle of water? Make sure you make a list of all the things you're going to need on exam day and take them with you and make sure you don't forget anything. Practice at home. You may find that as you get closer to the examinations, you don't have as much time as you feel you need to prepare yourself for your exam. So take it on yourself to practice at home, whether that be finding a space, holding onto a chair, using it as a bar, or actually just visualizing what you're going to look like in the exam room. Maybe before you go to bed at night, close your eyes and picture yourself going through the exercises that you're unsure of. Even minutes of practice each day can make a big difference when you get into the exam. My third tip is be polite. Never underestimate the importance of being polite to your examiner. When you enter the room, when you ask questions, when questions are asked of you, make sure you use your manners, smile, speak in a nice calm voice, control your breathing, and it will make a huge difference to your examination result. And finally, smile and enjoy yourself. Examinations are not meant to be scary. The butterflies that you feel in your tummy just as you're running into the room are completely normal. Learn to embrace them. Use your breath, be calm, be relaxed, and know your work. Smile, and know that as you're doing each of the exercises, it's probably the last time you're ever going to get to listen to that music and enjoy those steps. Have a good time and enjoy the ride. And that wraps up episode one of Ask a Dancer. Don't forget if you've got a dancer you'd like to nominate, tweet us at DanceQ&A with the hashtag Ask a Dancer. I'm Stacey Morgan. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Ask a Dancer with Stacey Morgan. Get in touch with us at WPMPA.co or at Dance Q&A on Twitter.